0: You are listening to Dr. Ward Bond's Life Changing Wellness, the fastest growing natural health, nutrition, and inspiration podcast in the nation. Uplifting stories, powerful messages, and triumph over adversity, the experience of entertainment and encouragement is about to begin. And now, your host, Dr. Ward Bond. Renee Marino is a former Hollywood and Broadway starlet turned professional communication coach. Renee helps people create genuine connections in their life and business by balancing new school technology with old school simplicity. She also uses her well-rounded experience of communicating through various mediums to train companies, organizations, schools, and universities in strengthening their communication skills. And she has been featured in People.com's Ones to Watch and Variety in the Huffington Post, which stated the Broadway star, who is basically Tina Fey's celebrity doppelganger, is a scene stealer. And many of you have seen that as Renee as the lead, the female lead Mary Delgado in the film Jersey Boys, of course, directed by Clint Eastwood. And many of you may recognize her as Regina on Fox's Weird Loners and the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Renee Marito is here to discuss her brand new book, Becoming a Master Communicator. So without further ado, let's welcome the wonderful, the talented and the beautiful Rene Marino. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thank you so much. What an introduction. Can I just have you with me every day, following me around and introducing me in that way?
0: It, it is so funny, Renee. I've had people actually tell me after the interview, could you send that to me? Because I would like to play it every time I entered the room. So, yes,
1: I agree. I agree.
0: <laughs> hey, whatever works. and you know. But hey, you've done a lot of work. And so I want to kind of go through definitely your background in theater and film, but also this amazing new book. So your background is in theater and film. So what made you shift from Broadway and Hollywood to instead becoming a professional communication coach?
1: Dr. Bond, I have always been in love with communication and understanding how people communicate and why they communicate in the way they do. And I really believe that it all stems from my upbringing, from an Italian American family where we used to sit around my kitchen table, of course, eating, laughing, connecting, sometimes arguing, but nonetheless communicating and That's still my favorite place to reside, at the kitchen table, eating and talking. And from that experience, as I grew older, I started to realize not everyone communicates in this way. We're all from different backgrounds, cultures, religions, and the way we connect with each other is just as different as everything else that makes us up. So i've always had a love of communication and really as you can see having a background as a performer i communicated from a high level from the stage connecting with audience members through the characters i was playing and even more so i I always say one of my favorite parts of being an actor was always walking out of the stage door and connecting with the fans after the show. So when I could just be myself and say, hey, how are you? How'd you like the show? Because at, at that point, I was able to really understand the audience members and the wonderful people who came to watch our show. So communication has always been a big part of my heart.
0: Well, let me ask you this because you are very well known as Mary Delgado from Jersey Boys so what communication skills did you use to land the part of mary delgado in clint clint eastwood's jersey boys
1: oh this is my my favorite story to share dr bond in 2013 i was playing mary delgado in the broadway version of jersey boys and we got word that they were going to be doing a film version of jersey boys And truth be told, at that point, I didn't even think twice about it. I said, they're gonna hire A-list celebrities out of Los Angeles. Marissa Tomei is gonna play Mary Delgado. So I just enjoyed doing my eight shows a week and didn't think much of it. Until one Sunday matinee, I'm backstage, and one of my fellow coworkers says, Clint Eastwood's in the audience. And I was like, really? And at that moment, I thought it was so cool, but I was like, okay, gonna, gonna do my show as always. And I go out on stage to sing my boyfriend's back with the other two women. And there, 10 rows back, staring at me from the audience was the legend himself, Clint Eastwood. And at that point I'm doing my dance and I'm like, oh, he's really here. (laughs) So I went about the show. We all took a photo with him afterwards. And then... Just a few weeks later they started calling people in from our cast to audition. Now at this point I was thinking, okay, it'd be pretty cool to be a part of a movie. I had never done TV or film before, so for me it would be a brand new experience. Well, then they put out a breakdown, which means a description of the type of role they're, of the type of person they're seeking for the role for Mary Delgado, which meant that they hadn't found the female lead role yet. And I thought to myself, wait a second, how have they not found the, the woman who plays Frankie Valley's wife? So I gave my agent a call and I said, listen, I would love to just have the chance to audition for Mary. Let's see if we can get an audition. She said, I'm on it. Weeks go by, every girl I knew on Broadway was getting an appointment for the role of Mary Delgado, but me. <laughs> And you could probably imagine Dr. Bond mm. at that point feeling like, okay, hold on. Something feels amiss here. Like I'm currently playing the role at the highest level I could be, yet I'm not getting an, an audition. And I know we've all been there at one point in our lives, not Broadway, but maybe in your specific situation where you're like, I am the person for this job, right? Why am I not getting the promotion why am i not getting called in the office by my boss to say hey you you deserve to submit for this new job so that's how i was feeling and then i got a call from my agent saying renee i don't know what the problem is but they won't see you for the role of mary they said they will give you an audition for one of the angels who sings my boyfriend's back and i hang up the phone and To be completely transparent, because that's the only way to be, I felt my feelings for about 45 minutes and I cried and I sat on my couch and I was just like, God, what are you trying to tell me? If I can't get an appointment for a role I'm currently playing, then maybe I'm in the wrong business. And I allowed myself to feel everything I needed to feel. And then I physically threw my hands up, Dr. Bond. And I talk about this in the book, physically, spiritually, emotionally, I threw my hands up and I said, what am I going to do? I did my best. I'm still going to go in and audition for an angel. So the day of the audition comes and I'll never forget, it was down on wall street and I'm in the room with the casting director. And he's telling me how he saw me perform the night before he loved the show so much, even more than when he saw it five years previously. And then he says, Renee, would you like to sing my boyfriend's back first or read the scene for the angel? And at that moment i literally heard this little voice within me say you have to do this it feels too right and at that moment i was speaking up before i even had a chance to intervene and i said to the casting director you know jeff i was really hoping to come in and read for the role of mary delgado and he looks at me and he goes i was just thinking the same thing and i was like Amazing. Awesome. So I did the Mary audition that day and I left there literally floating because I felt so happy and grateful that I just gained a new opportunity. Through speaking up, I opened up a door for myself. Not that I ever thought I was going to actually land the role, but I I gave myself the chance and that's all I really wanted. You know, we all have those moments in our lives where we have something presented in front of us and we can either run the other way or we could step up to the plate. And on that fateful day, I stepped up to the plate and I just felt so grateful for it.
0: Well, what did Clint say to you?
1: Oh, just wait. You're going to (laughs) hear. So fast forward to about two weeks i was at my childhood home in new jersey down the street from where the whole storyline of jersey boys takes place and my agent calls and says you're mary delgado in the movie clean eastwood loved you and i was like (laughs) just screaming (laughs) screaming so cut to the first day on set now just to remind you again i had never been on a film set before never did tv film so this was truly like jumping off of a cliff if i ever was going to have faith in myself this was the day and i walk in his whole team of people are just as wonderful as he is and then the man the myth the legend himself comes up to me and says you know I went around to all the different casts, but nobody was in your class. And then you came in and put yourself on tape and it was the icing on the cake. And Dr. Bond, I was like holding back the tears. At this point, I was like, I can't ruin my makeup. I haven't even filmed my first scene, but it was completely surreal. And every day that I filmed, Clint Eastwood and I would eat lunch together and I would pick his brain like, a crazy person. Clint, how is it when you first started acting? Clint, what does this shot mean? Clint, what about this? What about that? Because for me, I pride myself on always being a student and always being like a sponge absorbing all the information that I can and he truly became like a mentor to me.
0: Well, Until- I was going to ask because yes? th- th- there is something that a lot of people need to understand. It is a mentor that we all need to learn from, to learn something. In this case, when you were picking Clint Eastwood's brain, what did you learn from him when it came to communication?
1: Oh, What I learned from him was so much more than acting, than even just communication in itself. It was life lessons. I'm going to share this one with you because this, actually ties perfectly into communication and what I teach about communication. I'm filming the breakup scene, which is the highly emotional big scene between Mary and Frankie where they literally break up. And we do the scene the first time and Mary is a bit tipsy. She's walking up the stairs. Frankie Valley's following her and they're in a fight. We film it once and Clint goes, great. Now I want you to really give it to him. And I'm like, all right, so I get myself ready, I walk up the stairs, I start, you show up for a couple of days and you think that that makes you a father. And two seconds later, I forget all my lines. <laughs> they literally just leave my brain. And a few seconds later, I pick it right back up and I keep going and we finish. Clint yells cut and he goes, that was it. And I go, Clint, I just forgot all my lines. And he goes, I don't care. It was real and it was raw and that was good." And then he continues to give me a story of when he was filming with Meryl Streep. And Meryl Streep used to love to do a million takes of her scenes until they were perfect. He decided, Clint does this a lot, to film her rehearsal takes. And after he filmed them and showed them back to her, he let her see how organic and real they were. And from that point on, Meryl Streep would say, all right, let's do it. Just film it. And that day I learned one of the most incredible lessons of my life, the gift and the beauty of imperfection as okay. a, yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
0: Okay. And, and I want everybody who is watching and listening to Renee, as well as myself, this is going to be very important here imperfection is more powerful than perfection because because you being in communication, let's say someone's going to give a presentation and they practice and practice and practice and, and they could go in and do it perfectly, but it loses its engagement. It loses its realism. The imperfection is what, to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, brings in the human element to where it actually engages the person or the audience you're talking to.
1: 1,000%, Dr. Bond. And what I always tell my clients is this. As human beings, we are meant to be imperfect. And when we are going to connect with someone, whether it's virtually, whether it's in a live presentation, whether it's in a personal conversation face-to-face with your loved one, remember that what connects people is the human element which means that we connect through our imperfection through our vulnerability so if we can learn to put that idea of perfection aside and lean into our authenticity when we make mistakes when we flub our words when we sometimes go off on tangents that's where the true connection happens that is where the powerful communication helps you to create those genuine connections
0: yeah, and see, I can understand what Clint was seeing in that scene to where you're going to jump on Frankie Valley's case and then you forget your lines, but it was probably that, that moment of space that created the realism for that scene then when it came back to you. And that's probably what he saw. Because if you of just course. remembered it all, it may have been too perfect. And it's weird because in television in film even in music the magic moments usually happen based on a mistake that no one notices
1: oh you are so right and in that moment if you really think about it think about any time you've been arguing with a loved one when you're frustrated sometimes what do you do you forget what you're going to say you're like right so he saw that he saw as he said it was real it was raw it was good and for me all i'm thinking is oh my goodness i forgot my lines it wasn't perfect and he totally changed my perspective and now i use that in my communication coaching when i help individuals to get on camera and be comfortable being their honest and genuine selves it's so funny when I I teach a workshop course called Connecting on Camera. And when I talk about this idea that when we flub our words and when we feel a little nervous and we say, hey guys, I'm a little nervous, those are the best moments. I always have that response that's like, what? Really? I thought I had to be perfect. And it's like, no, throw that out the window. And that day truly changed my life. So I I like to say now, Dr. Bond, that I'm a reformed perfectionist.
0: (laughs) You know, I want to ask you something because there's a lot of people that have missed opportunities. And here you are, you've been doing Mary Delgado on Broadway. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. You think television is it or film is it? If you want to know the best television and film actors, those are the ones that come from Broadway. I mean, it's like the best musicians aren't rock and country. It's the ones coming from jazz that are the best. But with you coming from Broadway, and, and I found it interesting, and I want people to use this as a life lesson from your example. You're thinking that, hey, I am the best person for this part for that film. Why am I not getting a call? But then you took the lesser audition or the lesser part for the audition, not knowing that that was going to be the time in which you were going to be springboarded to the lead. When you teach communication, do you talk to people or teach them about maybe taking the lesser road sometimes because that's the path that leads to bigger things? Because I believe that, you know, a lot of people don't know the difference between being idealistic versus being realistic. We all have the idealistic dream, but the road from point A to point B is the realistic route, and that's when our eyes are opened. But when it comes to taking a lesser road, you can still use the right communication skills, and then from there, it's up to God to open up the bigger door, as He did in your Absolutely.
1: case. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the truth is that the ability, there's two lessons in in this story. And I, I want to make really clear because this is so important for everyone listening. The first lesson is the power of communication with myself which I believe sets the tone for all of your exterior communications in your relationships. It all starts within first. And the fact that I have very strong communication with myself I'm constantly checking in with myself. Renee, how are you feeling? What's going on? Something's amiss. I journal. I write about it. Waking up every day and asking yourself, how am I feeling? Before picking up my cell phone and going on social media, before getting on the computer and having 12 tabs open and my mind all over the place, I first get in communication with myself. And because I do that, Dr. Bond, I was able to hear that quiet voice of my soul speaking to me and then because of my my practice in speaking up and speaking honestly I was able to do that effectively in the room that day because that's also what holds a lot of us back it's like oh yeah I mean I want that opportunity but I can't talk to that person they're on a pedestal right who am little old me and it's like no who who are you not You have the right and the, the, you, when you, when you practice it and you gain that ability to speak up, then the world opens up. And the worst thing that could have happened that day is he said, No, I'm sorry. Let's just have you do the angel audition. And then I would have said, Okay. Yeah, I would have been sad, but I still would have been proud of myself for giving myself the opportunity. And I want you to know this, Dr. Bond, as the filming went on, This is the best part of the story. I was eating lunch once again. I love to eat, my favorite thing to do. And I'm eating with Clint and the producer of the film when they tell me that Clint knew he wanted me for the film when he saw me perform on Broadway. Imagine my shock. I dropped my fork and I said, do you guys want to hear a funny story? I actually didn't even get an audition for Mary. The only reason I got to audition is because I opened up my big mouth in the room and the two of them look at each other and they go, wait, what do you mean? We requested you specifically to come in for the role and come to find out that day, what happened was there was a casting associate juggling a few films at once and just dropped the ball on calling me into audition. And I have chills right now, chills as I'm telling you this story, because this is such a testament to the fact that when we don't have the confidence or the ability to speak up for ourselves in moments we can miss our once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. And for me, that was the case. If I didn't speak up that day, I could have been sitting in the movie theater watching Jersey Boys, never knowing that Clint Eastwood was waiting for me to walk through that door one day.
0: Well, you know what? One of the sayings that I always live by, Renee, is if you never ask, the answer's always no. That's it. And yes. you your story has so many elements. It is proof that you never know. Because I've been I was sitting here the whole time thinking, well, if Clint saw you perform on Broadway, what was the holdup? Not knowing he knew he wanted you from the very beginning. Yes. And you know, it's always the people in between that can drop the ball. But in the end. It was your destiny and God made a way. That, yes. that's, that's just a fact. And, you know, I love the art of communication. And, you know, there's so many, you know, books out there. I mean, my gosh, years and years ago, I took the Dale Carnegie course and absolutely hated it. After I, after I finished the whole thing, I'm thinking, I didn't learn a thing. And, and I've learned more about communication since then. And mm-hmm. your book is an absolute stellar read. And I want to ask you something because, you know, it's so funny that, you know, especially with uh, kids in high school. Perfect example. They teach them nothing that they can use when they graduate, and that's che- just, just exactly. They don't teach them how to balance a checkbook. They don't teach them how to uh, correctly uh, fill out a resume to dress the part for a job. They teach them nothing. And the biggest failure is this is the type of book that needs to be created as a class in high school because that's the time now to train all of these young people to be great communicators. You know, to me, you get the shy ones. They can be great communicators too. They just need a little help. And... So when you go into schools and let's say universities, what are the things that you focus on to teach them?
1: Yes, that is actually one of my favorite ways to coach is going into universities. I do a lot of company trainings because in companies, right, Fortune 500 companies and and startup companies, communication is the foundation of, of all of that work. It all stems from communication. But to answer your question, when I speak to university students, the first thing that I talk about is communication with self, because nowadays so much of what my book is based upon is this idea that we are moving further and further away from authentic communication because we're moving closer and closer into the virtual world right and we're immersing ourselves in this virtual world which don't get me wrong is such a gift i mean you and i wouldn't be able to do this right now if we didn't have this beautiful technology but if we don't start to keep it in balance and consciously connect right be conscious of when we're connecting when we're going on social media when we're emailing and texting versus when we're having an in-person conversation then that's when the problems arise and especially with university students right now, everyone has a cell phone. Everyone, if there's two seconds with something that going on, they're picking up the phone and scrolling and finding something to order online. So having that strong communication with self and starting your day with yourself first sets the tone for the rest of, of your day, and that allows you to be more aware of when you are picking up that phone and why you're doing it.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, let me ask you this, because you bring up new technology. You know, we now live in a virtual world, and even though technology keeps us more virtually connected with others, how do you believe it is at the same time keeping us more disconnected from other people?
1: One way that I see a lot and I touch upon this in the book is I see a lot of people who have keyboard confidence, Dr. Bond, keyboard confidence, which means confident when they are behind a screen and with a keyboard in hand, they have the confidence to post something that they would never say in person. And I give a little practice in the book to keep yourself in check in this area because it's it happens so commonly now because we're all online, right? Mm. And we feel safe. We feel protected behind this screen because guess what? You can't jump through the screen and get me. So I have the freedom to write about whatever I wish. But I encourage you to ask yourself this one question before you post something or before you text someone something or before you write an email, would I be comfortable saying this in person? And if the answer is yes, type away, text away. If the answer is no, then in order to be a really authentic person and and a master communicator, have a cathartic writing session in your journal, write that what you would want to post, and then only type what you would be comfortable saying in person so that's one way and the second way that i feel that new school technology is doing us a disservice for our communication is we have text conversations over something that's really important or really serious and we can't read tone through text we often attach meanings to someone's words before we even know if that's the truth. And then we go into what I call the three-act play. The three-act play is the drama and the ruminations that we put ourselves through because we're assuming what someone means without ever asking, right? How many times have you read a text message and you're like, I can't believe they just wrote that, huh? they must be in a bad mood. And you start assuming, right? And the three act play continues to be written. And then you finally talk to that person and they're like, Hey, what's going on? And you're like, Oh, that text you sent me, it seemed like you were upset. And then they're like, no, that was just a joke. And then you realize, Oh my goodness, I have wasted hours on end, assuming what this person's text meant, instead of just either picking up the phone and asking or seeing them in person and asking this is where the resistance is starting to happen and where i see a lot of people having issues in their relationships
0: yeah and i think one of the the biggest shames in modern society is assumption
1: yes and, assumptions. yeah and you're be-
0: right the emails the texts the tweets how many celebrities ended up being canceled because of typing one line or two on twitter and then forgetting about it and then they dig it up six years later and it's like you're gone you're gone you're canceled and they're like i don't even remember what i wrote or why and so you're right we need to think about what we type and you know for a lot of people being on social media you need to realize if you're going to get into a conversation with somebody you do not know, you need to ask yourself, is this conversation even relevant? Will it be forgotten five minutes from now? If I, if I reply to someone, and the thing about Twitter is this, it's a cesspool of trolls and haters and negativity. There's nothing positive on there whatsoever. So when you type something down, you need to ask yourself many questions Is this relevant? Am I just getting something off my chest? Do I just want to be sarcastic to the guy's reply? In the end, it could come back and haunt you.
1: Definitely. Definitely. And we see it all the time now, right? And as you said, assumptions are the most dangerous things. I, I call it assumption animosity. And it's animosity that's being felt through assumptions without ever really knowing. And that's so such a waste of time. And time in our lives is the one thing we can't get back. And I I impress upon that so much in the book because I think time and our lives are so precious, right? And communication can be our greatest tool or our greatest enemy. And I really want to use this book as, as, as a movement to help people realize that communication is like breathing, We don't often think about it until something's going wrong. You don't really think about how you're breathing until you're getting a panic attack and you're like, right, I can't breathe. The same with communication. You don't often think about how you're relating to someone or you don't think about how you're having conversations with people until a problem arises. And then you're like, huh, I wonder why they, they said it like that. And then you start to hopefully look back at yourself and say, oh, could it be the way I approached this situation? Could it be the fact that they never even heard my voice speaking because it's all through text message?
0: Yeah. So let me ask you this because there is an absolute art to communication, which your book addresses. But we have lost as a society the art of listening. What happened?
1: Oh. Oh, Yes, yes. Again, I have chill bumps. See, (laughs) I always get chill bumps when something we're talking about is just perfect divine timing. Listening is the most crucial component to being a master communicator. And the truth is, nowadays, we all see it. We are all ready to jump in with our thoughts, our opinions, our ideas before ever really sitting back and actively listening to the other person. Stephen Covey says it so beautifully when he says, most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. Mm. And what I'm finding is so many of us get attached to our labels, right? whether that's Catholic, Protestant, Republican, Democrat, woman, man, whatever the label is, it's so easy to be so closely attached to that label that you don't allow yourself to fully hear what the other person's saying. Because if there's something that is a difference than what you believe, You automatically turn off and you automatically think about what you're going to say next. So I think a great practice for everyone is to, first of all, ground yourself when you're speaking to someone. If you're sitting down, really feel your butt in the chair, your feet on the the earth. And if you're standing, same thing. Feel like you're a tree rooted in the earth. Take a nice, deep, big breath. And treat this conversation, even if it's someone you know very well on a deep level, treat this as if it's the first time you're hearing this person speak. And as they're talking and you feel yourself right away jump to a judgment or jump to saying, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell them what I believe. Take a step back, like emotionally, spiritually, just take that step back. Take another deep breath, like a full, deep belly breath and make yourself aware enough to say, "Okay, Renee, hear what they are saying, actually hear what they're saying. And what you're doing is giving a two way gift. You give them the gift of an open platform to be heard and you give your you give yourself a gift, a gift of possibly learning something new, a new perspective and also the gift of oftentimes realizing you're more alike than you are different.
0: Yeah, you know, I think about listening, and and I've heard stories where people would sit down with someone and never say a word in the conversation, but they themselves allowed the other person to speak. And at the end of the conversation, even though it was completely one-sided, the other person actually makes a comment on how they enjoyed the conversation, not realizing that the other person never said a word, but the other person chose to listen, and the other person gained more from that person listening. And I think a lot of times we need to just sit down, shut up, and let someone talk. Maybe they need to vent. Maybe they don't need our advice. Maybe they just need to get it out. And like you said, we have to use skills to... Feel out that person as to what they're trying to say. Because sometimes, like you said, we rush to judgment, we rush to reply when we shouldn't be replying. Some people just need a listening ear. And I think all of us need to learn, we just need to be that, you know, when that time calls for it. But I want to ask you something because I see a, there's something that I see in society, especially online. And I am notorious. For being on Facebook and sitting there reading other people's posts. And a lot of people don't realize that they're shaping their idea. They're shaping other people's ideas of them and they don't know this. So, like, there will be people on Facebook, I'm like, that person's always negative. Man, that person's self absorbed. That person is this. Oh, man. But the thing that gets me the most is seeing how insecure people are today. And I think that's why a lot of people rush to reply instead of listen, because there is an insecurity there. How do you, Renee, help people who are shy, who are insecure, to use these communication skills to give themselves confidence and courage?
1: Wonderful, wonderful question. And you said, when this interview started, I love that you said even if you're shy, you can be a great communicator. And in fact, some of the shyest people are the best communicators because as you said, they are sitting back and listening. So that is the first thing that I always encourage my introverts to know is that you have this wonderful gift. Sometimes I wish I could sit back more, right? I wish I had that ability to just really take a moment and not be afraid of the pause not being afraid of stillness that's what so many of us sometimes feel through the this accelerated world of technology right i say it's like the universe the the technology use causes the universe to press the fast forward button on our lives and you can feel it i'm sure if when i'm away from my phone disconnected, I feel like the days last so much longer, but then when I'm working and I'm coaching and I'm on zoom and I'm on the computer, I feel like, oh my goodness, it's already bedtime. Where did the day go? So being able to practice that stillness is actually a gift. So kudos to you, my introverts, because I see that as a wonderful, positive skill that you have.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and even in business, you know, the pause, and you bring up something people don't realize how powerful the pause is so communication isn't just about speaking and never shutting up it's about listening but then you bring up something else that a lot of people need to realize the power of the pause because the power of the pause when we pause the other person is going to be forced to react and in business if we're working on a contract or some sort, the pause, usually they say the one that blinks first loses. So there's power in the pause.
1: Yes. I just recently interviewed Chaz pommentary the Oscar-nominated actor, if you know the movie A Bronx Tale, Bullets Over Broadway. And I interviewed him, and we talked about how communication has helped him to thrive in his life and business. And he talked about the importance of being able to pause because he said this, how many times are you about to say something and words have power, right? We cannot forget how powerful words can be. And sometimes if you're in a heated argument, you would let those heated words come out and you can't take those back. So being able to practice that moment of stillness, that pause, that could make all the difference for the rest of your life. And it's the same in being able to pause when you're about to type that post because you're a little, you know, upset or you're a little frustrated and you just want to go right for the jugular through a post. Being able to practice sitting back, grounding yourself, taking a deep belly breath can make all the difference for you.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, it's funny because for all of us who watch television or let I should say movies, let's just say film. And you see a great actor, and they're they're going through the scene, but the most powerful moment is not when they speak, but when they pause. Because then the viewer is watching, and they're thinking, what are they thinking? What are they going to do? Even though they're acting, it shows you the power of silence, the power of pausing, because for a lot of us in the real world, it gives us the opportunity to think, to hold back, and not jump when we shouldn't be jumping. We should be, like you said, keep your feet planted. So I want to and I want to kind of concentrate on the people that are shy and introverted. How do you use the skills of communication and being an actor, do you teach these people some acting skills to kind of pull a new person out of them to be courageous, to be confident? So when they talk, they don't speak with an insecurity.
1: I actually teach quite the opposite because going back to what we spoke about before, it's all about leaning into you, who you truly are leaning into your authentic self. So I never want anyone to feel like they have to feel like they're acting. I want them to feel like, no, I'm being so completely myself whether I'm an introvert, an extrovert, that doesn't matter, but leaning into that vulnerability. So when I help my introverts with communicating, I give a great practice and it's also in the book, but it's, I call it an introspective video journaling tool. And I use the phone, our good old smartphones, right? Let's use it to help us be better communicators. We have this great thing on there and it's a camera. and. The best part is we can film ourselves and no one ever has to see it and we can use that camera to simply film ourselves speaking because so often with introverts, it's really just about getting comfortable with putting the words out there. So what I teach them to do is use the camera, hold it up while they're in their room by themselves. It could even be while you're doing other daily tasks, folding your laundry and simply talk. Talk about the weather, how you had a fight with your mother, how you feel frustrated with everything on the news, whatever the case may be, and just get used to this idea of speaking it aloud. And then what you can do, if you choose, you can watch it back. And when you watch it back, it helps you to see yourself talking when you're in your natural element. Because oftentimes when no one's there, We can be ourselves. So maybe you talk with your hands like me. Maybe you actually don't use your hands at all. It allows you to see that on that film and say, oh, wow. You know, I always thought that it was ridiculous to use my hands when I speak, but actually it looks totally fine. What was I stressing about? And then the beauty is you can delete it and never look at it again. And it becomes a sort of a video journal for yourself. And what this does is it gets you comfortable with speaking with expressing yourself verbally.
0: Yeah. And, and that is, and you know, we have, we have technology at our hands and and instead of using, it and we can use that technology to help teach ourselves. And, but I want to ask you Renee, because when it comes to communication, there is one thing that I think the majority of people want to avoid. So, what is the one piece of advice that you would give someone who rarely speaks up because they don't like confrontation?
1: Mm. Everyone out there who feels this way, I want you to hear this and hear this well. Communication does not mean confrontation. And this is a myth that I don't know where it began, but It's holding a lot of us back from honest communication because of what you just said, Dr. Bond. We think that by speaking up, that means it's gonna become confrontational and we don't wanna get confrontational, but they are not one in the same. And if you can remind yourself when you go to speak up, but then you hold yourself back, I want you to ask yourself this one question. What happens if I don't speak up And I let fear hold me back. I'm going to give you a few suggestions of answers. Number one, as I said earlier, you're going to waste time, and time is the one thing we can't get back. Number two, you're going to waste energy by not speaking up and then ruminating about it, going through the three act play in your head and wasting so much energy that doesn't need to be wasted. Number three, you're going to risk missing an opportunity. Missing an opportunity to one, truly connect with that person, two, be able to hold up a mirror for that person to show them where maybe their actions are not truly aligning with who they are. And that's a gift that you're giving them. So if you could think about actually the other person and take yourself out of the equation, that may help you to step up. And even though you're afraid, even though you feel fearful, doing it anyway and doing it imperfectly. Because so much of what I believe in and what I teach is about imperfect action. Taking that action, even when you're afraid, even when you feel doubtful, because I can promise you after you do, if nothing else, you're going to prove to yourself that you can do in spite of the fear and that automatically develops an, a nugget of confidence within you.
0: And, and you bring up a great point too. By thinking of the other person, even thinking about their point of view in this so-called confrontation, by thinking of the other person, we it helps us to come through with possibly a more positive response, which can diffuse The situation where it comes out for both sides to the good. So you know, like you said, the moment somebody feels like they're going to speak up or they say something, they're going to in you know cause a confrontation. My gosh, you could send a tweet out right now and cause a confrontation that you didn't expect. You know, so it, it happens. But I know most of society wants to avoid, and like you said, they want to become keyboard experts hide behind the keyboard because they feel that they have the power to say anything they want without any type of problems or trouble, but that's not exactly true. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, right now you are learning so much about the art of communication, and what's better than learning it from an actor because that's what that... uh, I want, to, I want to say talent is, it's the art of communication. Well, Renee, let me ask you this, because out of your whole book, and I want everybody to read your book, Becoming a Master Communicator, because everybody needs to learn these things. If it's to communicate with your family, your job, or maybe you have a dream or the desire of your heart that you want to go after, you've got to learn communication. But what is the one nugget that you could give all of us today from your book? What would it be?
1: it would be to learn the practice of celebrating yourself we are so good at beating ourselves up thinking about all the things we didn't do all the mistakes we made and we completely turn a blind eye to all of the wonderful things we've done so when it comes to communication if you are someone where Honest communication and speaking up doesn't come naturally to you. You're much more comfortable behind a screen. I want you to remember this. Any little step that you take towards becoming a master communicator, whether it's learning to wake up every morning and asking yourself, How am I feeling? and then taking five minutes and journaling about it. Or if it is that moment when you were going to text someone to address a situation, but instead you picked up the phone, I want you to celebrate yourself. Why is this important? Joseph McClendon III talks about this, and and I I love it so much because he says, um, repetition is, how does he say it? Um, Repetition is the mother of all skill and celebrating ourselves is the father of it and he talks about how important it is. It's so important to celebrate ourselves and love ourselves and be like, kudos, great job, no matter how small you think what you did is. Because when you do that, all of a sudden your mind clues in to every positive thing that you've done. And now you want to do more of it. And you keep tuning into all more positive things you're doing. And now it's this excitement every time that you step up to the plate. It doesn't have to be perfect. That's the best part. Even when you get on a live video, even if you're afraid to communicate virtually, and you talk to your friends for 30 seconds on your Facebook page, and it scared the crap out of you, but you did it, celebrate yourself, right? Right? celebrate yourself as often as you can. And I promise you, the more you do that, the more confident you become. And through that confidence, then you're gonna start to communicate more effectively, communicate more authentically, and you're going to become that master communicator that is truly within you.
0: Yeah, and ladies and gentlemen, Renee Marino's book, Becoming a Master Communicator, Renee, where is your book available for everyone to purchase?
1: My book is going to be released January 25th everywhere. All over bookstores, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. And right now you can pre-order a copy. And when you do, you get these two incredible free bonuses right away. The first one is 21 ways to use communication to increase business opportunities. And number two is an introspective video journaling tool, which I touched upon in our interview. And all you have to do, you guys, just go to becoming a and you can use that link to order the book even after the pre order. All it is is becomingamastercommunicator.com. All
0: right, ladies and gentlemen. And, and I want to encourage everyone to purchase Renee's book again, Becoming a Master Communicator. And as she said, Becoming a And we're going to have that up on the screen for you. But I want to encourage all of you to purchase her book for one big reason. For you to gain knowledge, to increase, and make your life better. It could just simply be at home. It could be at your job. Again, if you're going after your dream, you have to learn how to communicate. And for those of you out there, I want to encourage many of you, get rid of the guilt. Get rid of the shame. Get rid of all those things that made you feel bad because of the words that came out of your mouth that you regret. It's in the past. Let it go. If everybody else remembers it, who cares? Focus on the future. This is about you. Now, for some of you out there, you feel like that uh, you have no opportunities before you, and that's a lie. Many people live in a cage which has no lock because all you have to do, you're the one responsible to push that door open. But how do you do that? You can gain confidence. You can gain courage. Doesn't Like Renee said, it doesn't matter if you're shy. You have the ability to, to be a master communicator. And I can tell you this, if you when you buy Renee's book and you read it, don't just set it on the table, open it up, read it. If you get the digital copy, read it because knowledge is power. And the number the most powerful knowledge you can gain is the art of communicating. And part of this right now is I pray that you're practicing the art of listening. to to absorb what Renee has said and what we have talked about, because this isn't about us. This is about you becoming a better you, a more powerful you. Some of you don't realize that you are the next big thing, but you'll only get there when you learn to effectively communicate. And so think about this for a moment. Clint Eastwood saw Renee that first night. He knew he wanted her as the lead in Jersey Boys. Many of you, there's someone in your life who's watching you and there's going to be someone that picks you out of the lineup and said, that's the person I want working for me. Hey, destiny happens and you have to believe in that. So again, ladies and gentlemen, head over to becomingamastercommunicator.com by Renee Marino's book. And Renee, I've had such an enjoyable time with you today.
1: Dr. Bond. you are amazing. You can see me. I'm raising my hand like I'm in school because I want to tell you all something. I want to walk in the shoes that I have been talking about, about being imperfect. And I am going to correct myself with Joseph McClendon III's phrase, which is actually repetition is the mother of all skill and praise is the father of it, not celebration. So see there everybody, this is what being imperfect is all about. And I'm calling myself out my friends because I want you all to start to do the same and stop letting the idea of perfection hold you back. Dr. Bond, this has been such a joy. I have loved speaking with you and thank you so much for bringing me on today.
0: Well, thank you, Renee. And again, ladies and gentlemen, at the bottom of your screen, you will see becomingamastercommunicator.com again. I encourage everyone to get Renee's book. I can just keep yelling it from the mountaintop because I want the absolute best for all of you. So stick with me because I will be right back after these messages.